Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to another episode of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this is our last episode of 2020. Oh my gosh. Oh, the year that feels like a lifetime. You do you all remember how March felt like it was like nine years and now somehow we're in December? Were there other years or was I born at the beginning of 2020 and then just aged two years or I don't know how to do math? Three years of freaking a week I don't, yeah that's I don't what know. it feels that like is, it like does. i don't understand yeah. how time works right now <laughs> yeah somebody was saying something about last year and i was like what, what did, was what that? they doing december of last year i don't know i literally don't like, know i have nothing i got nothing, nothing. at all so either way is everything and nothing <laughs> exactly so this episode is kind of like a is it the new year question mark basically how this Love one that. came about <laughs> I have a book that has to do with New Year's Eve, and I wanted to read it. And so I made Rachel do something New Year's related. And so here we so are. So I went with something that's a little more like New Year, New You. So I picked like, it's not really a celebrity tell-all because that's like much more saucy than what's going on here. And like, I feel like celebrity is kind of a bold word for this person. <laughs> she's known, but not like A-list. Like, she's like C-list. I mean... To be okay. honest, I never heard of her before her first book, but I also live in a cave. I, I haven't either. So Yeah, I think I do too. Anyways, we have, we both have things that are kind of on the topic of a new year, just in a very different format. So hers is directly new year and I've got more of a like advice column. Yeah, it's going to be like, it's going to be fun. I think it's, it's going to be great. It's very different. Variety is the spice of life. That's what, you know, fortune cookies say anyway. So, so we're going to jump right in. So I did... Um, it's called This Time Next Year, and it's by Sophie Cousins, C-O-U-S-E-N-S. Cousins? Is that how you say cousins, but spelled it's as like, a name? Yeah, it's like cousins, but with an E instead of an I. Interesting. Okay. So, not entirely sure. It was a book of the month, and I was trying to look. I think it should be um, officially published by now, because I got this one, like, I think it was my November box or something like that, mm-hmm. but book of the month, sometimes you get early releases, but... Either way. Which is amazing, and I should oh, do that. I love it. I'm hooked on it. So I'm always tempted when it pops up on Instagram. I'm like, I should totally click on that. And I'm like, no, save $5. Get Starbucks. When you want it next time, let me know, and I'll send you my code. It's still $5, <gasps> but I get a free book. So. Oh, that doesn't help me at all. Oh, maybe you <laughs> get a free book, too. I don't remember. You get something, and I get something. Okay, I'll let you know what, next time I feel the urge. That's what the ad tells me anyway. I also like it. Just going to plug Book of the Month really quick. They don't sponsor us or anything, but that'd be really cool. The sponsors. Main reason I like it, so I think it's like after that, so your first one's like five, and then the second one's like 15 or something like that for like these brand new releases that are normally like 30 bucks, but then you can add on any book for $10. So like, I, had I quit that. I quit for a little bit because I got poor, and like, that's the first thing that I cut is like book subscriptions, because I'm like, I have uh. plenty of books that I can read. So that's where I save my money always first. But they were like, hey, come back and we'll give you your first box free. And I was like, cool. And I knew that they had other books that I wanted. So I had that one. And then I spent, so I spent like $20, $15 because I had a coupon code or something. And I got three books for like $18 free that's shipping. That's amazing because most yeah. books are at least $15, like at least. And two of them were brand new releases. So both of them uh, were like normally a like thirty book. Yeah, I came out ahead. <laughs> They got lost yeah. in the mail, and um, they got delivered to the wrong address, and I had to wait for my neighbor to drop it off. But oh it was no, well worth but it. But you got so it. I did. And it was yeah. cheap, so yep. 
So I was happy. So maybe they should sponsor us because I feel like we're already plugging for them all the time. Like you're highly welcome. recommend. They have a good one. They got in trouble for their diversity. I think they. I personally think that they. How is that something you can get in trouble for? They oh, didn't lack have of. Di- got yeah, it. Lack okay. Of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I thought you meant like because they had diversity. I was like, whoa, who's attacking <laughs> them? No, I would. I would attack those people back. No, no. I see. I see. Yeah. But either way, so how this book basically, like I was saying, so this is like the New Year's book or whatever New Year's Eve is. So this book revolves around. The main, main character, her name is Minnie, and then this other character is named Quinn. And they're both I kind of love the name Quinn, by the way. Oh, you're going to, yeah, you'll love it even more based off this book. Like, so uh, they're both New Year's Eve baby or New Year's Day babies. And so they were born on the, in the exact same hospital, same day, one minute apart. Wow. And so Minnie was supposed to be named Quinn. And so her entire life, she has been bitter and angry about this person who she called, who was named, so Quinn Hamilton is the Quinn of the book, and she is convinced that he stole her name. And so it starts off there, and you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And so she's convinced that because of this, like, since she was named Minnie instead of Quinn, that she has bad luck. And so she does everything she can to avoid going out on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, because she's just like, I have bad luck. Because her name is Minnie, that's what instead she thinks. Of Quinn. Yep, instead of Quinn. This what? is like, and she's like 27, 28, or something like that. So it's like, this has been her entire life's belief, basically. And so it starts out, the book starts, and she's at a New Year's Eve party with her like boyfriend, whose name I don't remember. I'm sorry, if that's, boyfriend. Sorry if that's giving it away, but he's trash in the beginning, so don't get attached to him. Uh, Oh, I, it, it was early, like an early early book thing so it's okay it's not also away. this book is a romance book you know that if you read this the little back page so oh that's this actual category it's like fiction yeah. romance yeah it's fiction and romance so you can probably deduce og boyfriend if he's a douchebag we might not have to care about him for very long but either way so his name oh greg. classic tropes his name's greg i finally remember always it. a greg oh my god it's always a greg though why is oh. greg always the crappy boy maybe don't date a greg Sorry. maybe avoid some gregs or at least ask extra questions there we go ask extra questions that's it. ask extra questions so he works for like a newspaper he writes articles about something and all of his titles are like really punny and at like some point she was like honestly i think that he comes up with a name first and then like finds a story to fit his name and like I love that. It is kind of fun, but then he becomes a douchebag, and then I just hate him because of it. Um, and, like, so at first, when they first, like, start kind of dating, he, like, everything that she does, like, she'll, like, trip and stumble or something, and he'll, like, make it into some, like, headline news. And she thinks it's super cute, where when I first read it, I was like, that sounds exhausting and annoying. Like, stop making, like, I tripped. <sighs> I'm embarrassed. You don't, like, you're not, I don't know. To me, I wasn't feeling it. Not I love it. Me. I would not be dating Greg. It would not have lasted. He's long not for your us. type, that's for sure. Uh, but either way, so he drags her out to like this New Year's Eve party. He really wants to go. It's the gal of the newspaper. So she writes for like the food column or whatever. It's her. She's throwing this party for her boyfriend, who is like a New Year's Eve birthday party combo thing. Um, and Minnie really doesn't want to go. She hates it. So, but like first she. I guess background on Minnie. So she has, she like has this company where they make pies. And here's to be honest, I'm not positive how their business model works and they're not thriving. So I'm not sure that they understand their business model, but, but somehow oh, okay, good. <laughs> they make pies and this is set in the UK. So pies mean meat. 
not like apple and cherry, which is what I like, first thought. Like mincemeat. Like, which apparently also was mainly fruit, but used to have beef. I learned that recently. What? I thought that was... Yeah, mincemeat is apparently like a, a fruitcake pie, and it used to have beef, but it doesn't anymore. Mincemeat <sighs> is not meat. Apparently, I, I thought it was. Okay, I there's some confusion here. I We're not British. One, I read one <laughs> post on the internet and I did zero research into mincemeat. Here's the pie. thing I've watched a lot of great British baking shows, so I should absolutely. Here's the thing. Oh, pie. Beef Wellington. That's a freaking pie. It's a meat pie. Okay, exactly. so we're not talking mincemeat. Mincemeat is now fruit. Okay, mm, we're on. We're board. talking more beef Wellington, steak beef and potato Wellington. pies. So, Lamb pies. Okay. Yes. Pie. So they make pies for like, not necessarily like quote unquote needy, but they make them for like nursing homes, uh, like recovery type homes. Like you're in like a long care term facility because you broke mm. a hip and you're older. People like so that. The elderly. Like, that's nice. Yeah. So that's how they do it. And somehow they have like the subsidy grant thing. So like these people can get these pies for like super inexpensive because mm. it's like they can't go out and buy them like they couldn't go to a restaurant or buy all the ingredients themselves so it's like a whole thing this is like so it was it's her and her best friend i don't remember her best friend's name i didn't write it down oops my oh bad. no and the best friend is important so that's bad on me so don't take the fact that i couldn't remember greg's name meaning the best friend doesn't matter because she does but either way they were like out on a beach on like having a vacation one dime and they were like working both working like these shit jobs that they hated and it was like oh my gosh but what if we did this and like what if we hired like people who were like down and out of their luck who like normally can't get jobs oh my god it'd be so great and then they were like well why the hell not so they did it so that's also cheap labor true right like mm, you have these convictions you really need a job like i'm gonna pay you a decent wage but maybe not like yeah, you can pay them on the scale for that specific role a little bit less. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do necessarily. I'm saying you could do it if you're trying to start a business. It's a good way to go because it helps somebody out. And as a starting business, you don't have to necessarily pay them like the top of that yeah. like salary exactly, range. Yeah. So right like at one the of beginning. their employees, her name is Bev and she's older. She's like mid 50s, early 60s, something like that. But she's not it's like always one. It's she's always not like bad. classically trained or anything. So like you could pay her less than you would need to pay somebody else who is classically trained in this kind Makes of cookery. So, uh, but yeah. Oh, it's also the um, business is called um, No Hard Fillings, <gasps> which like honey, and I love it, and it's so fun. So either way, so that's kind of like her background. Um, I just, I wanted to get that out now because you, you've learned that really early on in the book and I realized I was going to start explaining things. I was going to start talking about pie and y'all are going to think that I didn't know. What like why about. pie? And also I really needed to get out that meat pie, not apple pie. I spent. Oh, is about, it important to know that it's meat pie? I, well, I spent pie? about a third to a quarter of a book wondering how in the world is there a business where these elderly people need berry pies once a week because like they have like the same repeat clients. Yeah. I was just confused. I mean, if I was old and no one made me nice things, I would probably be stoked to get like a blackberry pie once a week, but that's also a lot of pie to eat on your own. So I understand exactly. your trepidation. That's, yep, that's the one is that it's a lot of pie once a week, once a month. Perfect. Sign me up. Or even once every two weeks. Like you could yeah. probably manage it, but like once a week is a lot that's of fruit lot. pie. Yeah. So meat makes so much more sense. Yes. Anyways. Okay. So 
Minnie and Greg are going to this New Year's Eve party, but before that, one of the guys, I think, I think he's like their delivery person. He was having like a New Year's Eve dinner thing and he's like eclectic and Greg was like super annoyed that they had to go there first. And that's where you're like, okay, homie, you're dragging her out on New Year's Eve when she's told you she doesn't like to go out on New Year's Eve because she thinks she's jinxed. And like, even if you don't believe her, fine, whatever. Um, but so she's going out and she like lost her coat on the train over the subway, oh, whatever. No. But she blames it on the jinx and not just because like she's forgetful. Not just life. Yeah. And then, so they like get into this club or whatever. And Greg's like, oh, I'm going to go figure out what it is. Like stay here. And she gets thrown up on. <gasps> yeah. And you're just he like, did not walk away from her in a club when she didn't want to go out that night. Oh yeah. Left her in a stairwell. I'd be to get mad. <laughs> Just, I'd be mad. Oh, I'd be so angry. No, like, no, I'll just, I'll just follow you around the street. Even if club. I just went to a club with you, I'd be irritated if you just like left me. You're like, stay here. I'll be back. Like, yeah, no, I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna go figure out. We'll where go it together. Is. There's only two of us. Stick together. It's yeah, a club. Buddy. It's hard to find people. Okay. Do you want to get murdered? I don't. Jesus. Buddy system. So. She gets thrown up on, so she takes off her, like, super cute, nice blouse, and she's just wearing, like, basically, like, a camisole at this point. So they finally get it to this, like, VIP party. It's, like, this big, bougie party thing. And she's like, wow, I am, like, severely underdressed. Like, she's in, like, a camisole, and she's kind of got, like, big boobs. Like a cami and jeans? Yeah. Like, nice, cute So the exact thing I wore to every single junior high prom. Got it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Except, like, it definitely seems like this cami is not meant to be seen. This is like this is oh. the one that you wear underneath things to make it's the blouse look good. It's not the the early two thousands cami where it's like extra long and there's big chunks of lace on the top and bottom. No, no, uh, mm. there's no lace on that's this. That's unfortunate. Yeah, mm. yeah, this is not not great. good, not good. Uh, Bob. And so she meets Lucy, who is like the gal who's hosting the party, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, my boyfriend's around here somewhere. Uh, you gotta oh do it." God. And she's just like super annoyed, doesn't want to be there. And she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go like to the bathroom, clean my shirt, whatever." She like runs into a waiter, and like so they spill their things everywhere. But then she's like super nice. He had like goat cheese on his glasses, and she like takes them off and cleans it Aww. off on her shirt. And you're like, "Oh, okay, you're a good person. That's awesome." Um, so she goes to the bathroom. She like cleans off her shirt, and she's lucky there's a hand like a blow dryer, hand dryer. So she like mm. dries her shirt as much as she can. And she goes to leave and the door handle breaks off oh my god and so she is like stuck in the bathroom she tries to like pound on the door and of course there's like nobody there and she goes to call greg and her phone's dead so she ends up spending new year's eve night in this bathroom and then at like seven in the morning she like wakes up and she like pounds on the door and there's like somebody there and so they like get it open he like gets the maintenance van or whatever and the person didn't come save her no greg went home uh, and Greg was mad. Greg thought that she that she left him. That Didn't she, she left text without him? saying goodbye. Well, Did no. You say she texted him. No, her phone was dead. She oh, told him right. that she was going to go to the bathroom, and then he never. But they're heard like from dating. Her. He should know that she would like, just ditch. Five, yeah, five months. Like you should know by now, or like go into the. You pool. should look for her, or ask a woman to go into the bathroom and check for her. Yeah, and like she's That's like in the like, yeah, she's like in a single stall, but it wasn't like so far like our. Uh, single bathroom unisex type bathroom it's not like it's so far away from the normal bathrooms like he definitely could have tried harder and then he gets mad at her and that's when you're like okay you're kind of toxic like okay bye greg Greg. so uh it's the next morning it's new year's day it's 2020 by the way so this just you know is setting up her 2020 real grand if only um and so uh australia catches on fire hot tits it's coming soon uh, and so the guy who ends up like helping her get locked out he was like oh yeah like i'm here like the sunrises are my favorite whatever thing and he's like oh it's my birthday and she's like oh weird that's my birthday and he's like oh birthday twins hi i'm quinn and he's like she's like 
Quinn Hamilton? And he was like, yeah, how'd you know? That's weird. And she's like, you stole my name. He's like, <gasps> she's so salty about it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I did what to you? And he's just like super confused. And so like, they kind of talk. Um, and I think she ends up explaining it then. Uh, well, basically she doesn't explain it because you have to figure it out in your own chapter when you get to like New Year's Eve 1990. But because um, the chapters like kind of jump around years because you also realize that like throughout the book that they've had a lot of um, they've been in a lot of the same places throughout mm. the year. Like they didn't know each other. They didn't run into each other or anything like that. But like they both were like, very classic. Like your lives have intersected. You just don't know about it yet. Yeah. So like part of the book is like how many chances does it take to meet your soulmate or something like that so like one of them is her and her best friend are in like i can't remember another some other country i can't remember what it is but they're on the beach uh her buddy had like convinced her like oh go spend christmas we're cold to the beach it's gonna be great and like they were supposed to like fly home christmas eve she's supposed to be all fine um funny things ensue i'm obviously not gonna ruin that for you guys but then you find out like way later that he was there with like a girl he'd been dating at the time like and they had like seen the same like homeless scraggly dog and you're like upset like you were both there um but so how the name of how uh quinn stole her name and stole her luck and basically cursed her is so the like next chapter we like flashback it's new year's eve 1990 and some um local like news place has said they've like it's like a hundred thousand dollars to the first baby born in 1991 or 1990 i guess because it must be that's weird but okay new year's eve 1989 no these are so 90 is the next day yeah so 90 will be the next one um but these are like i think these are like things that are happened like the first baby the first baby born of the year like gets things like how i think like they get diapers like huggies probably does a thing like i've heard of this happening i didn't even know that was a thing okay i'll try to hold off till the next decade yeah you know if you can like cross your legs so yeah so the like the hospital is super overrun basically and so these two women get put in the same room together and so there's connie who is uh minnie's mom and this is her second kid like she's super like whatever she knows but she's like looking at this other woman and she's like wow she's like a supermodel like she's not even sweating what in the world is going on but Hate those ladies no uh, offense and so her name is tara and uh, of course it is <laughs> right you're like a oh, beautiful name Ugh, tara's are always gorgeous and so but she's been in labor for like four or five hours or something like this and she's still only at like two centimeters or whatever it is oh my god i'd be and upset so, i'd be like take it out yeah and so she's like trying to like breathe through it and connie was like no she was like you're breathing totally wrong like you need to sound like a cow like that's the kind of breath you need to have and so basically like connie like coaches her through all this they're spending like hours together and so like tara finally like things get moving things are getting ready and connie was like she's like oh do you have a name picked out and because both of so neither of the husbands are there yet so tara's husband what? So, since well since tara's like beautiful gorgeous she forced her husband to go sit out in the waiting room because she didn't want him to like see her like this and then connie's I'm sorry hus- my husband would have done this to me i'm <laughs> i think connie's husband so they already have a kid i think the baby's like one or two or something like that and i think the husband um Oh, I think I think yeah I think Connie like went into labor like when they were separated like not like divorcing separated like they were in different locations not together, or something. No. Um, and I think so I think the husband was trying to find childcare or something like that. Oh, okay. So like, All right. Was, yeah. I'll accept these reasons. Yeah. And so then 
yeah because then like the nurse comes in so like they've been like kind of like the two gals have been like bonding or whatever and like the nurse comes at one point it's like oh connie your husband's here and it's like he was, she was like no he can they can stay out in the waiting room like we'll be each other's like birthing coaches like when the moment comes and like it's gonna happen like yeah bring them in but until then because like they've bonded at this point connie and tara and so i feel like that's the way to go though i mean oh, like, yeah, it was like they yeah, can relate was, more than anyone else it was like totally woman power um amazing so, i love it um they're like talking about the names Tara's like you know we don't really have one like he kind of wants this he wants like john or robert or whatever boring name uh but like what are you and she was like and connie was like oh like i'm gonna name my daughter quinn like my grandma or my great grandma or something like that her name was quinn and there's this whole thing about like quinn's and she stole name. it even knowing that so well so so she's telling this whole story about how like Quinn it's like a lucky name and like if a child's named Quinn like you're setting him up for luck all these things right and so then they basically both go into like active labor at the exact same time and the hospital <gasps> says that baby boy which is Tara's son is born before Connie's daughter and mm. um because and so then Tara names the boy Quinn and like Quinn. later on you figure out like what her reasoning is because like she does kind of make a circle back around I'd be so mad yeah like so you're exactly. dead to me and so like uh connie is like kind of like super out of it like just giving birth all these things and it's like oh yeah gonna name a quinn and the husband's like you can't like they did it it's all over the news like now we're just gonna look like we're copying at this point and she and connie is just like whatever i don't have the energy for this and then it's like the next day they're at home and the dad's like oh i always thought minnie was a cute name for a girl not realizing their last name is cooper Mini Cooper. Oh no. Yeah. So like What's this girl that? basically spends like the rest Bad. of her life getting made fun of for having a car name and like That's and bad. her mom is like super salty. Like her mom spends like what she I think she's 27, 28 in the book, like the uh mini is. And the mom has spent this entire time being super salty and angry about how like like so like something bad will happen. Like um for example, on, like, I think it was, like, Minnie's seventh birthday or something like that, she invites all these people over, and she, like, invites the boy that she really likes, um, but then all but only two of the people get, uh, like, chicken pox, or they get sick or something like that on her birthday, and they all have to call out, um, and they, like, can't make it to the birthday, and the only people that show up are, like, the boy that she likes and this other girl, and then they end up kissing, and so basically she's spending like her seventh or i guess gosh it can't be seven you gross 13 14 like a more appropriate age i guess my bad uh but either way they she basically just like spends up watches them like making out the whole time and her mom is kind of just like yep that wouldn't happen to a quinn which is also kind of where i start being like wow mom is kind of also like a little toxic like that's i don't know like i get I get being like super salty, but she's kind of like put this in Minnie's mind that like, yeah, you're unlucky and like everything that happens to you is because this other person stole your name kind of a thing, you know? Oh, sorry. Had a wet mouth whistle there. Um, anyways, so um, yeah, so you, you basically figure out like chapter two, like why it is that Minnie thinks she's cursed. And she meets her best friend, whose name I still can't remember, meets her at, like, 15 or 16 or something like that. So, like, they've been friends for, like, best friends for, like, a decade now. Um, but then a lot of the book is either jumping to, like, the 2020 now, where, like, their pie business is failing um, and, like, her interactions with Quinn and then all of these kind of, like, past New Year's Eve that they've had where, like, her and Quinn keep, like, showing up the same places, like, not knowing and stuff like that. Um, 
but then her so it's like straight up new year's eve focus then like oh yeah basically the story is like new year's eve after new year's eve after new year's eve i didn't realize yeah. it was going to be quite so, so new year's eve I the, love 20, that. the 2020 chapters go through the entire year so the 2020 chapter mm. clearly what is it sophie did not realize how 2020 was going because there is no pandemic there is no social distancing but i mean obviously uh but so like all the 2020 chapters like so it starts on new year's eve and that one works through like we work through the entire year of 2020 but um all the other chapters jump so any other chapter that's talking about their past is new year's mm. eve of their past um, oh yeah so gotcha. you travel through like a whole year and so like they like become friends and they start like they ran into each other like she started um swimming like some things happen and she just like needed to so she started like open swimming at this like pond what you think is a lake but they called it oh, the pond. okay um and she like used to swim like <clears throat> excuse me competitively before and stuff like that but she like randomly ran into quinn there so they became like swimming buddies so they swam like every sunday and stuff like that and, like met up and it was super cute mm-hmm. and everything like that and so like throughout the book like not really giving anything away but like their friendship starts to grow and like because that's the other thing too is that like because basically she blames Quinn, who was a baby when she was born. For her bad luck. <laughs> for her bad luck. Yeah. I mean, it's, and like I said, like, it's basically kind of her mom's fault because her mom spent her entire life being like, well, that wouldn't happen to a Quinn Cooper. Like, and you're just like, uh, yeah, like, exactly. Like, mom is like not, mom's kind of toxic for her whole, like, childhood here. Like, not, not super good. Um, and so she has, like, all these things where, like, and, like, she, like, ends up seeing, like, Quinn's, like, the home that his mom lives in and is like super judgmental and it was like well like just because you were like had a silver spoon in your mouth like obviously nothing's oh, ever gone really? wrong with you and like must be so nice to have that fancy business degree that you didn't even have to like work for and you have this job that was probably like she's like very rude to him about like and oh, like she's real salty about this yeah, name thing and ex- oh so salty and at like one point like so like later and I can't remember how like who they're talking to but she's like oh no it's just a name and he looks at her and he's like you have been ripping me a new one for weeks and now you're trying to come at me and say like it's just a name and like lies yeah so like it was a super cute book i will say very standard romance book like you kind of know what you're getting into you can see what's gonna happen here yeah but i really like how it was laid out like how like how the author built it where it's like oh like she's on this beach and then like way later he's on this beach and like and then you figure out way more about him and then like about her life and like they both there's a lot a lot a lot of character growth in this book like mainly for Minnie like Quinn's I love that Quinn's kind of a decent-ish person but he definitely becomes like more because like he has like a, Mm. a lot of like emotional type growth that he needs to do like he's not mm. like open to for commitment and long relationships and he has this whole classic yeah but he boy. grows like that and he realizes that like okay he's been afraid and he has all these other problems going on and like and the mom grows like she kind of stops like not super spoiler but like she kind of stops doing some of her toxic some of her toxic behaviors like or at least she not necessarily stops but she realizes at some point that like maybe Minnie thinks that she is cursed because of her she was like oh maybe i did that to you and you're like you think you think they're telling somebody their entire life that they weren't supposed to be named Minnie, and somebody stole their name like yeah so but i will say i'm gonna give this one five out of five i thought it was super cute i read it in about a day like i read 
I think I read like you and quick. I love it. Yeah, I think I read like a third of it like one night and like an hour or two, and I bust out the rest of it the next day. It took me like part of a day. So super quick read, super cute. Uh, like I said, a lot of character development. There's a lot of like the interpersonal relationships that's going on that's really fun. And like there's like some big fights that go on, and you're like, oh, are they gonna make up? I don't know. Like I don't see that. I don't know. Like at one point, I was like, I don't know if this relationship's like between these two characters that I'm not telling you who they are. Mm. But I was like, I don't know if they're gonna be saved. And I'm also not telling you if they do get saved in the end because I don't want to give too much away. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. Like I might listen. Yeah. Highly recommend. I bet I bet it would be actually a pretty good if it had a good narrator, which I don't know who the narrator is on it, but if it had a good narrator, I bet it would be a really good listen also. So it's just my go-to these days. It's just so much easier. Yeah. And it's probably <laughs> I can, like do like, it while I do dishes. Yeah, like. it's probably like six to eight hour listen, I would I would guess, like based on like the size of the book at, at like least. Okay. at the one speed, probably like between mm. six and eight. So Okay, I'll have yeah. to check. Highly recommend. And it Solid. fits, you know, the new year theme. So Sorry, I have to yawn. No worries. I have not had that much caffeine lately because I've been feeling like I've been consuming too much caffeine. Oh. So I've been trying to just like one cup of coffee and then water, but then that means that I'm tired at seven o'clock. Stronger than I. It's a whole thing. (laughs) I will say though, today I had like 16 ounces of coffee instead of my normal 10. What's still one? I should be okay, but I'm not. I'm not okay, guys. Anyways, okay. So. Um, since we're doing a New Year's theme, I so I listen to a lot of those like celebrity help books, and I know that that's like a very like dumbed down way to explain what it is. But like we did Felicia Day last year, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more like it's not even like a celebrity help book because, like I said, that's not that's kind of reductive. It's more like this it's person happens like- to be have a known name, but they give you information that they think might be useful to you based on the experiences that they've had. Yeah, it's kind of like them telling them It's just like a biography, basically. Yeah. It's basically just a biography, but usually a little more advicey. Like, I I listen to these from a lot of different celebrities. Um, So this week I'm actually doing Rachel Hollis, and I've I've listened to all of her books. So she has three at this point. I listened to the first one probably four or five times, the second one twice, and then I didn't know she made a third one. I actually ran across it at Target a couple weeks ago, and then I was like, ha-ha. So I found it on Audible, and I downloaded it because I really feel like with her books, listening to her talk is so much more impactful. She does a narration. Nice. I was wondering that. It's so much better because a lot of people have kind of crapped on some of her books, and I'll kind of get into a lot of the reasons because I'm not really talking about one book today. I'm really talking about Rachel Hollis and a series. And they're not even really a series. It's just like as her life has progressed, she's written more books mm-hmm. about her experience because they've been pretty successful. But and like how- her number one. Oh. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, the number say, one thing she's really yeah. known for is being a no- motivational speaker. So okay. books I was aren't say, That really was what I was going to ask. I was like, how did okay. she become like this celebrity yes. person who's writing a book? Because I never heard thing. of her until like her first book came out. And then That's people the were kind of defi- divided no 50-50, right? Like, I love her, I hate her. And I was like, who is she? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I have listened to a lot of celebrity books. So Rachel Hollis and Whitney Cummings are the two that I've listened to the most. I've also listened to Mindy Kaling, her first one. Yes, she has a second one. Talking about me or something, or why? Yeah, like why is everyone talking about me or something like that? I read. I've managed. I've read that one like years ago when it first came out. I did. Yeah, I listened to that one a long time ago. So I I just I really enjoyed the specific topic because um, 
a lot of times, specifically with famous people, so, like, more so with Whitney Cummings and Mindy Kaling because they were more known, like, it kind of feels like a nice, like, glimpse into who they are as an actual human being, which I really appreciate because, like, it's hard to tell when you play a role on TV who you are, you know? Like, obviously, I've heard Mindy Kaling is incredibly bright, freaking brilliant, but she also plays Kelly Kapoor on The Office. Yeah, you know? and you're like, like, that's not who she is. She's not a very right. lady, yeah. So I've kind of um, worked my way through a lot of celebrity bios like this. And so Rachel Hollis is one that I've just gotten really invested in. And what I, I really love about her, even though she's been controversial, is that I've kind of grown into her books. Like the way that she's laid them out have really worked for me specifically, like in my life. Like, so she had a first book. Okay. This is Girl, Wash Your Face. This one is much more about the beginning of her relationship, her childhood, like how she kind of moved forward through the things that she experienced. Her brother committed suicide um, when she was younger and she discovered his body. So that's horrific. She had an extremely conservative and religious upbringing. And then she ended up marrying a Disney exec who's like 12 years older than her. And when they first started dating, like it wasn't, it wasn't a very good relationship, you know? So the first book really lays out like kind of a, a more coming of age, like kind of figuring out who you are outside of your family's influence and outside of these specific things. Like she writes these books, all three of them, as someone who's been through a shit ton of therapy, <laughs> like oh, you can I tell, like, yeah. you can tell in her writing, Whitney Cummings is the same thing. She's like, she, Whitney Cummings is up, up front. She's like, I'm writing this because I've been through a ton of therapy and I know that not everyone has the money to go to therapy I like this admit, every I week for years. Don't know who that is. You don't know who Whitney Cummings is? Not by the name, but I'm really bad. Check her out on Netflix. Just look it up on Netflix. She has a couple of different specials. She's great. She has her own show called Whitney that I think only had like one or two seasons. Um, But she's just funny. She's more of a comedian. So Whitney's books are much more funny where Rachel's books are much more real, which is what I really love about it. So Girl Wash Your Face was like kind of coming of age, her relationship with her husband, um, kind of figuring out who she is, right? Second book was... um, yeah, I'm trying to think because they kind of blur together at this point since I've <laughs> listened to them so many times. Yeah. Her second book was much more like parental focused and like long-term marriage focused. And then her third book, her marriage has ended by the time that she's done writing this book. And that like kind of is astonishing, especially because she does write under a Christian publisher. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have- so there's a lot of really interesting things about Rachel Hollis. I honestly don't know a ton about her company other than what she's told me in her books because they also have the Hollis company that at this point currently focuses on like making planners and things to kind of help you like build day to day to create like a successful life for the life that you want. And so like, that's really what I've appreciated about all of her books is like, you can see the growth between the books. You can see how she like has adjusted her perspective. Um, I will say of the three books, I really think I like the second one the best. Um, but it's kind of hard to tell. It honestly depends. And like one of the, the reasons that I've re-listened to so many of her books is because that they're uh, they kind of span like a series of experiences. Um, and so basically depending on where you're at in life, like you could listen to any of her books and get kind of a different perspective from each. Uh, so I specifically want to talk about her third one today because that's, that's where we're at. It's the newest one. Um, 
she's gotten kind of a lot of flack for it because she writes under a Christian publisher, like I said, and she's getting divorced now. Um, so she's, she's getting a lot of backlash from a lot of her listeners that are like, what are you doing? Like, you can't, she's like, I, they're like, I feel like I've been misled because you told me like, you're a woman of God and now you're getting divorced and a woman of God wouldn't have done any of these things. And so like, I honestly like respect her more since she's released this third book because when she started the book they were working on their marriage right but they weren't done but by the she said that four days after she was done with the book they decided to get divorced and so when she went to edit it she edited it with that filter okay so did she add anything like to the end is there like an epilogue or whatever like she kind of added it along the way honestly um i can kind of see along the way where she's tacked on things like or divorce you know what i mean like or these situations like she'll she'll kind of tack it on along the way so i can see how like editing it with that specific filter was really helpful because the third one was called didn't see that coming So it's basically about like how to deal with those like things in your life that feel so overwhelming. And like, I really love the topics that she covers in this one, like, like grief and how grief isn't necessarily over someone who's dead, but it can be over a relationship or someone who's currently alive and just not speaking to you. Like, and she goes over all these different like forms of grief and like how she dealt with it. And one of the biggest criticisms of Rachel, other than her being a now divorced Christian woman is um people think that she's entitled they're like oh she's just a white girl who grew up in a small town with a christian daddy who married a disney exec because her ex-husband is a disney executive so it's not like they've really struggled that much for money like yes she goes into detail she goes into detail in her book about like how they did struggle for money you know like nothing's ever really a given like they have a nice house they have all of these nice things but like they weren't until they were in their mid thirties and they were actually financially stable, you know, like until it was a point where they're not in the red anymore. So I feel like it's a really good way to illustrate that. Like, even if you do marry into someone who has a decent salary, like you've got other struggles, like there's a lot of other things. Um, And then for all of her books um, specifically in this last one, I felt like she did it a little bit more. She kind of focuses on like, okay, here's my story and here's the experience that I had and here's what helped me. So she doesn't frame it like, this is going to help you and this is going to fix all your shit. No, she tells you like, this has been my experience and this is what I can tell you was useful and helped me get through this specific thing. Like she's very straightforward. She's very honest. She tells you about how she goes on like a juice diet and thinks she has to fart and then leans over and poops her pants. Like (laughs) she goes into like a whole thing. And like, I honestly love that she narrates it because like you get so much personality and like, I can literally, while I'm listening to it, imagine Rachel Hollis telling me to get my shit together, like truly. And I love so much that it's just, it's just her. And so like amongst all of the criticisms and like, I do understand that like, sure, in the grand scheme of things, a white lady from a small Christian town who marries a Disney exec doesn't have a lot of strife, you know, I get it in the scheme of things, but she's just telling you the things that she's been through and the things that through therapy over decades of therapy, she's learned have been useful tactics. And like, you can kind of take that as it is. And every single time I listen to any of these books, like I see it from a different lens, depending on where I'm at in my life. And then specifically because this third book, like I just went through a divorce myself. Like I can absolutely see where she's like, 
how she got to this place that she's at. Um, I don't really want to give a lot of detail because for everyone, I feel like her books are really a specific journey. So there's nothing I can really tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Like specifically, honestly, and that's how I feel about a lot of these biography books. Like I can tell you what to kind of expect out of the book, um, but not really like the specifics that go down because they're all very personal. Um, One of the things though, like I said, the things that help me is one of the things that's my very favorite parts of her books she's very specific. She's not telling you what to do. (laughs) She's not like, do this thing, you'll be fixed. No. Very specific about that. Um, She talks a lot about perspective. And so she will give you like multiple perspectives for any scenario that she's encountered. So um, she'll be like, yeah, like this day may have sucked, but if you look at it from an outside point of view, because she's talking about quarantine, right? So she's like, so quarantine sucked. I was depressed. I was down. I felt trapped. She's like, but when I try to shift my perspective and that is, I'm lucky that I can be home with my children. Like I'm lucky that I don't have to do any of these things. She's like, I literally use perspective to just kind of shift. She's like, what is the opposite? She's like, what's my negative thought? And like, can the opposite be true? Could it be true that there is someone that would be completely grateful for this one thing that I have that I'm resentful for? Yeah. And like, that's, that's literally what she does. That's like an awesome, like little nugget. That's amazing. Of, like, like way can that, the opposite yeah. be true? And I just like, it blows my mind. And like, she talks about things like fears because like, I'm a, I'm a fearful person. I'm someone who is afraid of everything. I don't want to do anything that could potentially harm me in any way, shape or form because I don't like being in pain and I don't want to have to worry about my own mortality. But like she pulls quotes. Um, I, she pulled like a Dalai Lama quote earlier, but this specific one I think was actually from President Roosevelt. Um, and she said that one thing that she always remembers is that courage isn't the absence of fear, but the ability to identify something more important than your fear. And so she talks about how she's afraid of all these things day to day, but she has children. She's like, I have to be that example. I have to do these things. She's like, even if I'm terrified of my divorce, I still have to be the best person and show up for my kids. Like she talks about like not wallowing in your grief and how there's a big difference between like experiencing your grief and not showing up for the rest of your life. Like she goes through a lot of very personal experiences, but does it in a way that's so relatable. And I just, I love everything about how Rachel (laughs) Hollis does it. Like, I just, I, I can't even understand her critics because like, even if it's something that I don't necessarily agree with, like her first book is much more heavy in Christianity than the the second and third one. Um, and even though that's something that I'm not specifically versed in or subscribed to, it doesn't upset me. Like it seems still very logical and straightforward and just honest. Yeah. And I think you may have sold me. So I never, one, these aren't like typically kind of like my go-to books. And so I just never looked that much into it, but then it was so split 50, 50, but I do feel at least for the first book that so many people were either complaining because it was like too religious ish too like too much on the Christianity side or kind of what you were saying where like almost that she was like a sellout, like, I don't know if that's actually yeah. the right one because I don't know if she was like in a position to be a sellout, but like she right. had a good lot in life. She got quote unquote lucky with her lot in life, if you want. I feel like so many people were so angry at her with that first one. And that's that why I didn't like me. it. And I just I personally just was like, eh, I don't know if I would want to read it. So I'm not gonna like put that much look into it. But I always loved the name of the book. And so it always had that one yeah. where I was like, one day I might try it, because you know. I do need to wash my face at night. And if this is something that like at the end of the day, at the end of the book, I wash my face and I wash my makeup off, then she wins. Like 
I mean, okay. I honestly think you would really like it. Like, she goes really into, I can't remember if it's the first or second book, because like I said, I've listened to both of them quite a few times at this point. Um, but in one of her books, I think it's the first, she goes really into, like, figuring out what your passion is and what you want to do and what you want to be and how to make that thing, like, a bigger part of your life to make your life better. And I just, like, I don't know. I just really feel like it seems like something that you would relate to. And, like, yes, I like I said, her first book is much more Christian, but, like, it doesn't really come at me in that way. Okay, like, yeah, I can you don't, you don't see feel that like it's there. Everything. Yeah. And she mentions it, but I also, it's pretty easy to kind of see like the point she's making. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, she's not doing like, like any deep digging into like scripture or anything crazy. She's just like, you know, like I've always felt like God gives me this comfort or whatever. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, maybe that's not something I can relate to, but I can relate to like being comforted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like she basically talks about it in a way that frames it as like whatever your thing is that will help you through this, like hold on to that. But she doesn't necessarily frame it as like you should be Christian. Yeah. So like you have to pick my god yeah, yeah. exactly she's yeah. not like that at all i well, love then, like, her the, a lot the fact that she narrates her own books like that is what makes me like interested like i might i might get audible back just to give it a try and see yeah you yeah. should make a new audible with another account i'll send you a thing and get the link for free perfect <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just let me know which book you prefer um yeah i would give all of her books five out of five like i said depending on where you're at in life, depending on your perspective, depending on what you really need to hear right now. She is honest. She is direct. She tells you the things that helped her, but she's not pushy in a way that are like, oh, I know everything. So I'm going to tell you how you should do this thing. Like, no, these are my experiences. This is how this stuff can suck. This is how I use that experience because I love the way that she does use like God, like I'm not, I'm not like a God person, but she basically sees it as like a way of like, someone god or not whatever like this experience has happened to me now because this decision has been made and i needed these experiences to make me this person that i am today so now i can understand how these things built into this thing that i've created and love and adore and appreciate like i just really love the way that she uses it she doesn't use it in a way that's like accusatory or pointing fingers it's very much just like direction and trying to find your way in life and so Love Rachel Hollis. Can't wait to see what she does next. So do you think that you'll re-listen to this third one? Because I know that you said you listened to the first one at, like multiple times. So you listened to the second one at least twice. Do you think you'll re-listen to this third one? I do. Yeah, I really do. Because I, like I said, every single time I listen through it, I, I can see something a little bit different than I did before. And I just love seeing all the different perspectives that like she really brings into the table. And it is helpful that she is someone who's seasoned in therapy. So she does know the right terminology and like way to explain how she feels. Yeah. And she goes into that, like how yeah. she hasn't always known how to express her feelings. And that's a lot of the problem. A lot of the time it's like, oh, you yeah. don't know how to say the thing that you're feeling right now. And so she does a good job of like kind of breaking that down and helping you figure out how how you could do that so yeah. I love everything she does I don't care what anyone says I'm sorry <laughs> if you hate her for some reason I implore you to try again because she really has a good message yeah maybe if you didn't like the first time maybe listen because I don't know I think yeah. I think as somebody who's gonna uh, I'm gonna give her a try after this and I think I'm gonna do it by listening because I do think that try maybe listening. I'll get I'll get more with like you were saying like getting the her personality through it getting her I think it really thing. brings yeah. it to life and makes it seem more real like I felt like I was sitting with a friend and just like chatting like I would like be on the elliptical or whatever and I would just like listen to Rachel Hollis talk to me and like give me some advice like sometimes on a bad day that's what I would do is I would just pick a chapter in one of her books and be like all right I'm just gonna listen to a chapter and it's gonna be okay yeah. like <laughs> I love it her voice is like very calming like it's just great so oh, awesome do you recommend good 
I'm glad that both of us, you know, we both had like five out of fives. Yeah. We picked totally different things. Very, Very different. different. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun, you know, when we have these like really loose topics. So I love it. Which I mean, the next one is going to be kind of loose. I think what we're just going to do like the gift of reading, because let's be honest, we're both big readers and people people be gifting us things for the holidays, oh. you know. So heck yeah, I've got a couple I'm ready to read so i've just got to pick one and narrow it down at this point i can't wait i'm ready yeah there's one that's like on my wish list that i'm really hoping my mom got me you know oh it was, fingers crossed it was like bolded at the top of the book <laughs> list so we'll like, see mom this one just yeah. this one yeah i mean it could be from santa that's fine i'll take them all <laughs> thank you for listening whatever so. you want santa <laughs> uh but yeah, if you guys have, you know, any opinions, any thoughts, you can reach us out. We're all on the socials. We have what? Instagram at isn't it past your bedtime and Twitter, IIPYB underscore pod. You can also check out our website to see what is in the archive, what we've done in the past and what's coming up next at isn't it past your bedtime.com. If you got lots of thoughts or, you know, maybe you like book of the month and you want me to send you one of my like four friend codes that I'm allowed to send out to the world email us isn't it past your bedtime at gmail.com and uh rate review subscribe tell your friends tell your mom all that fun stuff and we will talk it all y'all in the new year see you next year oh god i'm so love it all right bye everyone bye